need to be fearless. You cannot parent in anxiety. You can't do it. You won't make. You won't be able to make the decisions you need to make. Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our special guest is Dr. Ray Garendi, as most of you probably already know, is a Catholic father of 10 adopted children, clinical psychologist, author, speaker, national radio show, and television show. You got a lot going on. Not doing much speaking these days. They've shut down all my gatherings. I've, I've seen it, and through how, through how long? I've seen some people through the fall and even into the winter. What are you guys, what do you have going on? Well, at this, at this point, my earliest scheduled one is a uh, a school conference in late August, but uh, but we'll see. I've already had 17 canceled, and uh, so this will be five and a half months without speaking. That's the longest I've ever gone since I was uh, six years old. Yeah, my wife would like me to go five and a half minutes, so five and a half months <laughs> would be a true gift for her. Uh, today we're going to talk on, on marriage, and really... Um, you know, kind of what's going on with marriage, because a recent article came out of the Wall Street Journal that stated that marriage is at an all-time record low in terms of those getting married since they started keeping records in the 1870s, or I forget, or somewhere in the late 1800s. And, you know, when I read that, at first I thought, wow, and then I thought, it made sense. Does that does that surprise you, Dr. Ray, from everything you're seeing? No surprise at all, Deacon Jeff. None. Yeah, I, 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 when I thought about it, and you just see the way things are going, you're just like, the, it, it makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, um, how did we get to where we are today? And the other thing is, I don't even think we've hit bottom yet. This isn't like we've we've made the turn. I don't see the light yet. Do you? At the very core, if you give God the boot, if you say our society really doesn't need God or His ways or His guidelines then you would expect that marriage is not anything that's ultimately all that important. It's just an option. You want to do it, you do it. You don't, you don't. No problem. There is no societal pressure to be married. Heavens, if you want to live together, you live together. Who am I? Or, to have, ch- or have children. Who cares, right? The, Who cares? Whatever it's you all, want. It's all up for grabs. Yeah, it's all a radical, radical autonomy. So that doesn't surprise me in the least. Now, the interesting thing about this, now, you didn't see this in that article, but there are plenty of other articles that suggest this. You've heard the term spousal abuse? Yep. Well, that's kind of a misnomer. Because, in fact, in committed marriages, the rate of domestic abuse is far lower than when people live together. And it's even far lower than that when people live together in a serial way. In other words, I got a boyfriend, and then a year and a half later I got another one, and a year and a half later I got another one. So if you look at the stats, the safest thing for women is marriage, by far, by far. So one of the things that's happening, as we've just decided we're going to do it our wise way, is that we're causing unbelievable damage. God says do it this way, it's the best way. He must know he's a pretty smart guy. So that's that's one one huge problem. Another problem is this. Without marriage, children are much more likely to be abused. Much more likely. Sexually, physically. Yep. Far more. So given that, it doesn't shock me at all. Uh, If I saw a stat with millennials, more are living together than are married. 
And also, now you know how you said we haven't went to bottom. Well, you're right. Yeah. Because if you've got the younger group under age 35, who now marriage is a minority option, you're right. It, it, the lowest rates of marriage, yeah, that takes into account all us old people who have been married. Given also that they have more children out of wedlock than in wedlock. So you, you see it happening. I think it is an absolute natural byproduct of a culture that says, eh, let's put God on the shelf. Let's remake him in our image if we allow him to come around. Well, yeah, he becomes he becomes convenience, or he's a genie in a bottle. When I need him, I go to him. But the rest of my time, I'll just do whatever I think makes me happy, right? Yep. There is a God, but he thinks just like me. <laughs> Boy, would that be a scary thought. Um, how do we How do we even turn the corner? Because I guess at this point, right, I mean, if you're a child growing up in all these, real, you know, in a cohabiting relationship or same-sex relationship, whatever it is, your modeling of what a marriage should look like is you have none. Somebody once said that it really takes a generation, that's all, to drop the baton of passing on the morals. Generation doesn't do it. Next generation doesn't have it. I would say this. I think our only hope is that a tiny very faithful, fearless minority that still believe God exists and that his way to do it is the best way to do it is our only hope. I do not see a majority transformation in our culture at all anymore. I've given up any kind of hope for that. When people speak of revival, uh, yeah, the revival will be that the church will be more faithful in its limited numbers. Deacon, I, I said something on the radio show the other day. You tell me what you think of this. You'd know a lot more about this than I would. You're giving I me too said, much credit, but give it a shot. Well, your publicity people already talked to me a half hour ago. <laughs> oh, good, good. My four-year-old grandson, great. Glad you were talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> I said that I didn't believe that if and when the the dictates of our government allows us to go back to church that we would go back ever again in the numbers that we once were i said that once people have gotten out of the habit of going to church because most of them don't even feel it's a grave obligation nobody's ever talked about that in my memory i think a lot of them will not go back or they'll go back erratically I also believe that a lot of them will be so scared out of their wits because of what the statistics have been manipulated to be that they won't go back no matter what. So I see a much smaller faithful attendance at church. Well, and I, I, I agree with you because, look, it wasn't like you know we were having to call the fire marshal to check if we had too many people in the building already. And now you're going to have those people who, you know, got used to doing other things on Sunday or, you know, they'll say, I'll just watch it on TV. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to have fewer people attend because it was a cultural thing or just a routine. And once you get out of the routine, unfortunately, for people, they're not they're not going to go back. And you remember, you know, Pope Benedict 
back when you know, as Cardinal Ratzinger said, the church is going to get have to get smaller and more faithful. I think this is kind of an impetus to get to that point that you're talking about. I think you're right, and I think that's our only hope for the transformation of a culture. And you know as well as I do, when our Lord sent out the apostles, they were really a minority. <laughs> there were a whole lot of them at all. The yeah, time. they were. They, they weren't always so well received. <laughs> yeah. So, so given that, I, I think all all decent social movements have been pushed along by a determined minority, never by a majority. No, I used to be an energy trader, and uh, you want you want to make money? Don't go with the herd. They go right over the cliff. There you go. So, I mean, it's bad, you know, and we have all kinds of stuff, you know, whether it's pornography, there's all these ancillary things that, that cause the destruction of marriage. But in the end, if Christ isn't your foundation, to think you're going to be successful is is a pipe dream. What can young, faithful Catholics do to be the model parents? And really, you said be fearless because they really have to fight the culture, right? Once yeah. they say, I do... It's not like the evil one's like, okay, I give up on you guys, just do whatever you want. He's going to attack at all angles. My most recent book is called Raising an Upright Child in an Upside-Down World, Defying the Anti-Parent Culture. That's exactly the point that I make. Uh, you have to recognize that you're, you're going to be in a minority. You have to recognize that you do need to be fearless. You cannot parent in anxiety. You can't do it. You won't, make, you won't be able to make the decisions you need to make because you'll be attacked, assaulted, critiqued as a Neanderthal throwback uh, and out of touch. Your kids are going to get resentful. They're going to rebel. They're going to hate you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And with all of that swirling around parents, they, they need to, I believe you need to, well, Deacon, you probably aren't old enough to remember exactly. You probably weren't there. But uh, remember when our Lord sent out the disciples two by two? Were you there? No, actually, I came just after that. But uh, yeah. I had heard quite a bit about it. Yeah, you're second-generation Christians. Okay. <laughs> so he knew you, even one other person that thinks like you gives you multiplying strength. Right. I tell these parents, you've got you to hook up with people who think like you because otherwise you will feel isolated and alone. Yeah, and because the, right the you know the survival of the fittest right lions always pick out the weak one and go after him and if we're by ourselves we're the weak one. Yes. So I've I've been on the front end of this whole sociocultural thing for the last forty years as a psychologist, and I I kind of I got to admit that forty years ago my client load was radically different than it is now. I get a very high percentage of uh, parents who are saying their kids are gender confused. I never got that percentage back then. Never. Not even close. Yep. I get a high, high, high percentage, perhaps my number one referral, of parents who say, what happened to my kid? He's gone off the rails. He's abandoned the church. He's abandoned morality. He doesn't talk to us. He's a ne'er-do-well. He's a bum. A high percentage of that. Very high percentage. So you're right, uh, sitting on the front end of the, look, sitting in the bleachers, watching the culture go by, um, I'm realizing the absolute need for people to be more faithful. No question. Fearlessly faithful, unlike we've ever had to be in this culture. Well, and, that, and part of that is fortitude, right? I mean, I think you've got to be able to battle and be a battler, right? When the going gets tough, do you, do you run or do you fight? And we need fighters is what you're saying, right? 
I've learned a lot from this whole sociocultural COVID mess, and I've, I've seen it. It has radically damaged the psyche of our culture, radically so. It has made people fearful. It has made them turn on each other. It has made them anxious. It has, it has brought out so much neuroticism culture-wide that it's stunning. And, and, and it has been fueled, of course, by, by media, by powers that be, by, by faulty science, by everything. And so as a result, I remember I, on a radio show a while back, I said a phobia in psychology is defined as an irrational fear and an irrational fear that affects your life and an irrational fear that is not commensurate with reality. So say, for example, um, if I have a fear of flying and I won't get on a plane, well, that's really an irrational fear because the odds of dying in a plane crash are one in millions. Okay. So, so it's really kind of an irrational fear. If, if you're going to base that as a fear, your odds don't get in the car. Don't breathe air. Don't climb up a stepladder. Don't get out of a bathtub. Don't go golf because you get struck by lightning. I mean, that, that's the kind of odds we're talking. Well, in the coronavirus right now, given what we've done with social distancing, and again, the science is, is, really, is really squishy on all that and how much effect it has, but yep, yep. assume it does. Assume it does. At this point, and the numbers are now declining, you have, if you live outside of New York City, a 1 in 10,000 chance of passing away with corona. And if you're under 60, it's far less than that. Yep. But people's fear is so intense, it has driven them to hostility, to irrationality. And when I said that on the radio, I got attacked. I got emails that said, you want people to die. (laughs) Now, how in heaven's name could you make that leap? But that just bespeaks of what I'm saying yeah. is what we have done. And I think, I think part of it here, Deacon, and I'm, I'm pontificating, forgive me, is that as God has gotten the boot, we have become more fearful of death. Well, it's all about the material body, right? I mean, in the end, you haven't, you're not worried about the soul. You're worried about, you know, how do I look? How do I feel? And in the end, if you do die and there isn't that love for God or there isn't that knowledge, you should be afraid. Yep. Ball game's over. Shut it down. Last of the ninth, you're down eight runs. Right. And I think, you know, your point with uh, with the pandemic and everything going on, if you're already dealing with weak marriages, uh, people not married, you know, no no concrete relationships, you're you're already you're putting a lot of weight on something that's got no foundation. Every indication is that the social pathologies are skyrocketing, absolutely skyrocketing. But see, those are hidden victims. Those are something that you you can't see. You you see the number on the TV screen, 67,000. You see that number. Okay, and that's all you focus on. All the rest that's happening, which is which is many people are starting to think is much worse. Yeah. Um, is is not obvious. It's not elevated. It's not uh, daily trotted out before you. Well, and, you know, we talked, you know, when we talked last week about setting this up, that, you know, domestic violence is up, pornography use is way up, 
uh, child abuse up. I mean, all these things are happening because, one, they weren't stable relationships to begin with, and now you put this pressure on them. I mean, it does – it just really puts into focus how far we've gone astray. Yes. Yeah, it really has. It shines a light on it. And uh, I once said to my wife – this was years and years ago. I said, you know, honey, I don't know if as we are presently as a culture, if we could win World War II. I said, I, I, I think – if stress hits us, rather than pulling together, we'll start to eat each other. Um, and sadly, I, I think that's a natural byproduct. I'm not here to be a nihilist or a doomsayer. I'm just a realist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a natural byproduct of, of God getting pushed aside. And that's why any of your listeners, the one, the one big hope we have is, is getting him back off the shelf for ourselves. Don't worry about the next guy. Get him off for yourself. So well, that's where yeah, that's where modeling comes in, right? I mean, if we if you see faithful marriages and faithful people where Christ is the foundation and they realize they can withstand these ridiculous things that happen in our culture, the you know, the panic, then people are going to say, "I want that." Gives them an alternative. It does. Pre- it does. And they need it. Priest, yeah, priest friend of mine, I asked him this, Deacon. I said, uh, "It's a father." What for you is the biggest proof of Christianity? If you if you had to pick one thing that for you would be the top piece of evidence for the truth of Christianity, what would it be? He said, the system works. He meant the moral system. Yeah. Do it God's way, and ultimately you have the most contentment, the most well-adjusted life, the most peace. Uh, most happiness, and it's interesting, Deacon, because psychology, whether they want to or not, is affirming that. All the studies done in psychology are coming out that say people who adhere to traditional morals are more well-adjusted, they're more content, they're more successful, they have happier families, they have better sex lives, and on and on and on. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, it's almost, I've heard the analogy, you know, you come to a bridge and God says, go over the bridge, and you're like, no, I'm going to swim. Maybe you make it, but he just told you the path you should go, and now you're going to do on your own, and oh, by the way, he didn't tell you there were alligators in the water. In my office, and I, I'm, a, I'm a secular psychologist, I'm not a religious psychologist, but, but I, of course, will practice a worldview if my clients come to me and say my faith is very important to me respect it absolutely okay right the people in my office whether they realize it or not whether they're christian or not whether they're even god believers or not the degree that they drift or reject god's way is directly correlated to the misery in their life now i can't tell them that unless they're coming to me for yeah. a religious perspective. But in essence, you know, the guy that leaves his wife and five kids, okay, secretary's really cute. He goes with his secretary, leaves his wife and five kids. This is great. He's happy because, man, she is so much more exciting, so much prettier than his wife. This is great. He deserves to be happy. And then over the next five to ten years, three of his kids stop talking to him. She has a son from a previous marriage who is really an obnoxious little brat, which she protects, 
and he's trying to discipline the kid because he's completely disrespectful. So they're fighting over that. Uh, his wife uh, now has a, a reasonable family life again because she's trying to pick up the pieces and move on. So this guy's made a total wretched mess of his life. Well, he didn't do it God's way. No, he didn't. And and there's collateral damage. Right? It's not even like when we do something stupid, we're the only ones who pay. Other kids, other ki- other people pay. Kids pay. Spouses pay. Family, friends, everybody pays. The old moral equivalent, if a butterfly flaps his wings in Tokyo, does that affect the weather in New York? Uh, well, if a person acts immorally in Springfield, Illinois, you know, will that ultimately affect some of the morals in Trenton, New Jersey? Sure. Well, and we're seeing that, right? I mean, we're, we're where we are today because of the lack of Christ center marriages and really self-focus, right? If it's all about me, then there's nowhere to go but down. The people listening to your show right now, you can assume are pretty faithful folks. That's your audience. Who else is right. going to heck? Who else going to listen to some deacon and some shrink prattle on uh, if they're not interested in this kind of stuff? Might be those trying to seek time out of purgatory. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I tell people on the radio, yeah, you're, I'm the only show on Catholic radio that can take days off of purgatory because I can be so irritating to listen to. Well, I'll, I'll and, try to come into a close second on that one. I'll tell you what, I've heard your name. <laughs> so given that, these folks listening to us, they do what they can do in their own lives. They don't worry about necessarily the guy next door or their, their, their cousin who's an atheist and they've been trying to get them to come around. Yeah, to the degree you can, you do. But your main focus is yourself. And the ripple effect from yourself is what you, from what, is what you want. You know, I, I'll tell you, you know, Deacon, <laughs> when I was in the evangelical world, they used to say, well, you know, you just got to live the faith, and then people will see what you're like, and they'll say, Ray, what a wonderful human being you are. I sure would like to be what, what you are. Can you please tell me what it's all about? And I used to say, well, I'm still waiting for that to happen. I truly am. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm falling short or I'm not a good example, but I haven't had too many people come up to me and go, man, you are one wonderful human being. Can you tell me how you do it? And I said, I, said, I just got to be concerned with doing it so that I can influence my tiny little world, and it ripples out from there. Well, I, I, you know, I've had a lot of people say a lot of things to me. That's not one of them, and most I couldn't repeat. Most I couldn't repeat on this show anyway, so I probably won't. Um, so, if you know, if there's young people listening, or even married couples listening, what can they do today to, you know, either plan and fortify their marriage? You know, one having Christ in there, but you know, what is it? Communication. You know, love is to focus the will, the good of the will of the other. I mean. What can they do to, to start batting down the hatches? You want me to tell you what the research says? Sure. Have more kids. <laughs> Truly. It says it, the more children, the more solid the marriage. Generally, the more content the family life. Um, yeah, in this culture, you're taking risks because uh, you have a bunch of kids. You're going to have a few that are going to skitter off. Right, but 
the bottom line is, um, if you welcome kids as a gift from God, then you are you are truly bringing good souls into the world. Your marriage becomes much. It's, it's, I, I haven't seen the actual divorce statistics, but well, first of all, for those that practice natural family planning, they're they're under one percent. But yeah, but just in terms of sheer family size, you know, what is what happens to the divorce rate as the number of kids go up? And I think it goes down radically. And I think that's a reflection of, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm welcoming what God chooses to give us. I think that's a, that's a big factor. Bunch of kids. Um, my wife's marriage and I is, is just much, much deeper because of the 10 kids. Much. We have to be because they drive us nuts. And because Yeah, you guys are, you're not on the same page with a bunch of kids. You're, you're going down. Yeah, I know it. You got that right. I just do what she says and I don't get hurt, you know. Uh, you've got to find a good parole officer. That's what I always say. But, but given given that, have more kids. Uh, there was you. You might be familiar with this research. Kids who are taken to church by dad, yep. Even if dad is the only one, are much more likely to stay in church. Yeah, even if mom's faithful. If dad doesn't go, bad yep. news. That's exactly right. So I tell the dads, hey, let them see you pray. Let them see you be involved at the parish. Let them see you talk about the religion. Let them, you answer those kids' questions. These kids are loaded with questions about the faith and about morality because they're hearing contradictory stuff everywhere. My, my son said this to me once. He said, you know, Dad, you're one voice telling me how to live. There are thousands out there telling me the exact opposite of you. And he's right. He's right. Yeah, now, but the thousand voices don't know him. That's exactly right. And plus, this, this one voice pays his tuition for college, so he has to listen to it. But It's nice to have leverage. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> but, but, and I, those are some of the things I see that really make, make a difference. And I tell the men, men, for God's sakes, don't be wimps. Yep. Protect your wife. Don't let those kids treat her like that. Don't let those kids talk to her that way. Don't sit in the bark lounge her thinking, oh, man, I can't tell which one of them's a nine-year-old when she gets into it with them. Protect her. I can't tell you how many women will tell me that could be one of the single best things that their husbands can do to make them feel supported and protected from the pushing and the onslaught of the kids. Yeah, and it's an easy thing to do. But we live in a culture where guys are supposed to be wimps and, you know, women – you know, feminism has gone off the rails, and now all of a sudden you got roles reversed, and that <laughs> doesn't speak well for success. <laughs>